Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Hooray. And uh, absent because he's running errands instead of being on the podcast is Phil Jakes. I don't think that's playing through the board. Nope. I really don't think it's playing through the board. <laughs> oh, oh, we! I think we've already failed. <laughs> oh, we're not on. We're not on Jet Li. I want to try that again. Much better. So All right, we had to take two tries at that, but he's not here anyway to hear it. So whatever, we're gonna take as many tries as we want. All right, we fixed it. Hey, we actually did something and fixed it on the fly for once Oof. instead of having a screw up the entire episode. Something better be like on fire or flooding out to be going to Home Depot at 8 o'clock at night on a Sunday. Yeah, it's probably a hurricane coming. He has to get plywood to plywood up his house like everyone else. I don't know. Maybe something fell through the friggin' ground, you know, or sunk into the ground like... Oh, he's got to get, like, rocks to fill in the sinkhole under his house? Yeah, the foundation must have crumbled behind him because it seems to crumble underneath every other foundation in or he Florida. Or he needs to get something to keep the alligators out of his house yeah. or something like that? yeah. yeah. Uh, everything snakes, just, snakes everything just folds and, and just consumes up by the earth. Condos, people, just out. Just so is it too soon for the Florida. condo thing? Maybe. I don't know. But a little too soon on the condo thing. Oh, boy. Uh, anyway. Florida's dumb. He's probably, he's probably got second or third degree burns on his genitalia because of his thighs rubbing together like this, and sweating, just... I don't know. I figured those people would be used to it by now. Disgusting. You can't get used to that. How are you supposed to get used to it? I don't, I don't care really if it's know. a wet heat. I don't care if it's a dry heat. Arizona sucks too. Arizona's was, stupid. Yeah, it's, it's a, funny. Is all the people who live there like it sucks here and it's too hot. Screw this place. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> yeah. Even there's there. no, just a dry heat. Hey, guess what? So is my oven. My yeah. oven is. I don't live in an oven. A dry heat's yeah. still hot. It's still hot. Doesn't make it better. Three hundred fifty degrees. You just have to baste the turkey every more often. Well, that's what I tell people when it's cold out. I'm like, well, at least it's a cold or a dry cold. And they look at me funny. I'm like, what? You do it with heat. Yeah, right. It's the difference here. I mean, I would go into personal updates with Phil, but he's not here. Probably still moping because the one race that he finally got to go to got rained out both days he was there. And he was like two and a half hours from home. Yeah. Which is a significant bummer, to be honest. But you live in Florida. What do you expect? It's going to rain randomly at any time. And it probably will be like... The Wizard of Oz and take your house away. So, could be. It's, it's the normal. East Coast version of a tornado. Hurricanes yeah, <laughs> just come out of there. They just randomly. have randomly. They just have like if you go to look at the Florida weather forecast, it could be clear, and then all of a sudden you see red and yellow rain patterns. You know how that's the strongest pipe coming through? It's like just rolls right through. Yeah, Florida's just ridiculous. Florida is one of the states that actually tries to kill you openly. Yeah, like just the weather. Oklahoma tries that too. I mean, the I mean, look the at the thing I like about Florida is the governor. Yeah, Don Garlitz. Oh Phil. yeah. Um, Phil Daytona's pretty good. Daytona. 
Um, what else? I mean, it's it's warm all the time, so they race everywhere. So they got a yeah. good racing pro. Eh, okay. Other than that, I mean, we're not hating on Florida. We just think that everything down I, there w- wants to kill you, and it's not yeah. worth going outside. So <laughs> they have a lot of good stuff to do outside. It's just not worth going out there. So there's Phil's personal update. I filled you all in on it for him. Uh, my personal update: uh, We haven't raced yet, and you know we're racing six times a year. It's not gonna have, <laughs> not gonna have much of an update. Sometime I mean, next month. Yeah, we're gonna go uh, July seventh, I believe. Now, my only dilemma is um, I don't know if I want to go double dip because Thompson, uh, not the not the ownership, but the people who run the thing, you know the. Mayberry and Michaud is it from Pass and ACT? Okay, they um, they do a killer job running these shows, and I appreciate it greatly. I just wish that the Speedway would give them better dates than you know Wednesday, which sucks. Yeah, um, I know it's not their money maker, but I mean, you got to have something open. What, what's was, on the weekend? I mean, come on. If this is the if this is the liquor store, Wednesday night is like the bottom shelf rot gut liquor section. It's like Dubra. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's the easiest Bath stuff to reach. Gin. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's, it's the lowest lowest denominator. It just sucks. So those guys made the call to uh, dump the mini stock division for the next race. Uh, they're not having mini stocks because the car the car counts are too low. I think they had like six and seven cars the first two races, and they're like, "No, nah, we're pulling the plug on this one." Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. They ditch the mini stock, so in their play, it does suck. And I really do feel for you. mini stock guys. I know I give you guys a lot of shit, but oh, mini I do. Stock races I do give are it, always usually one of the better races of the of the evening. Usually. We we literally on this show had an episode called the mini stock special, where we had mini stock racers come on and we discussed how to try to save the division, make it better because there's so many more you know four cylinder cars laying around than anything else. Like 30 years ago, you could get a G-Body out of the junkyard for 50 bucks mm-hmm. or a Camaro or whatever. Now, you know, they're all taken up, but everything's a horrible eco box, you know, like four-cylinder front-wheel drive car. Why don't we have more mini stocks? Why aren't you guys fixing the rules so that we could have more? Yeah. I mean, and it just stinks. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking to myself selfishly and thinking, wow, I really got out of the division in the right time because I was able to not only sell my car – and have it be worth something to somebody else, but it's also I could get out and have enough time to establish myself in another division before the uh, dreaded predicted downfall that I had of that division kind of took hold, and that really is the case. And there's absolutely no reason. There's no reason that the mini stock should have any problems with car counts. In fact, they should have probably the highest car counts of any division, but nobody around here cares about the rules package enough to give a damn about them, to you know, to give them a chance. Here, look at this, okay? I was watching on Speed 51 last night. I was watching the CRA Street Stock Race from Anderson Speedway, and they had the Vores Compact Series there as well. If anybody knows anything about... You know, these regional touring series, the CRA street stocks and the CRA in general is pretty awesome. Um, but the Vores Compact Series is probably one of the biggest uh, four-cylinder, like, mini-stock style series or divisions anywhere. Like, they do big races. They race at Bristol on the half mile when they have races there. 
I mean, they race Winchester, Anderson. I mean, they do big, big places, and they get car counts. They get big, you know, big numbers. And um, there's all sorts of different types of cars there. Now, why aren't there anything more than mini stocks that are Mustangs in Connecticut? You know, why is that? It's just ridiculous. Well, they just haven't they just haven't kept up with it. You, there used to be various different types of of mini stocks for a long time, especially at Thompson. They had Volkswagens, they had Cavaliers, they had all kinds of things, and they were fun to watch too because so, there was so much parity and there was trade offs between each each kind, and and it works sometimes a mini stock, sometimes a, a Mustang would win, sometimes a Volkswagen would win. And what was cool yeah, was like the the rules the rules packages were yeah. such that like the Cavaliers and the the VWs the front wheel drive cars they would have big steam down the end of the straightaway so they would catch up but the Mustangs being rear wheel drive would handle better mm-hmm. and they would kill them in the corners and it was just a fun cat and mouse game to watch I loved it it was a great show I mean but for you know for the Connecticut tracks who run these cars to have them only running one type of platform car as the majority and like n- not friendly to anything else i mean you're shooting yourself well, in the foot man well it's also the kind of in- industry-wide kind of thing if you look at a lot of the aftermarket parts catalogs you're going to find a lot of homologization god that was hard to say homologation sure i, I don't know it's, it's <laughs> that big it's the big word meaning like homogenization yeah, everything's just starting to become like one thing. I think that's the so other one. So they pretty much care to the Mustang mini stock. What yeah, I'm trying but, to get at. Yeah, but you can buy coilovers, you can buy camshafts, you can buy engine parts for like any enthusiast four-cylinder car. Look at any Honda. You have a K-series Honda, you could build anything. Or a B-series Honda, you could do anything with that thing. Yeah, but no VTEX, you know. No. That's illegal. <laughs> too fast. It's too fast. Well, then grind the lobe off. Duh. <laughs> anyway and it's like they don't allow computers and that's just the dumbest thing i've ever heard because you can do with a com- with a computer the same thing you can do with a distributor and a carburetor adjust timing and fuel and that's literally all you can do who gives a damn if you go too much on the fuel you're not gonna make any more power it's gonna flood it i mean come on this is just basic knowledge here anyway um so that being said i have to finish my point uh they got rid of the mini stocks, and it, they put in their place a $1,000 to win open street stock race. And I'm considering double dipping. I can put two sets of tires together. I can get two jugs of fuel. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I don't know if I want to do it or not. Um, why don't you just take my car? Why don't you just take your car? <laughs> I'm working. Oh, that's right, yeah. Well, no, I was going to just bring a generator and a couple fans and fuel up the car and put it on jack stands and swap a set of tires over and cool the brakes and engine off as much as I could Mm. and just see if I could just stick it back out on the racetrack. I don't know. I'm still kind of mulling it over. It'll probably be a game-time decision when I walk through the gate, see if it's really, really hot out and I don't feel like sweating my ass off out there. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of thinking about it. But I did a little bit of work to upgrade my car a little bit. I took a look at the radiator duct work and it's just not really that great and so i kind of tightened it up a little bit and i had some uh more eye problems this week kind of slowed me down but that's pretty much cleared up at this point uh well almost cleared up but it's pretty much gone so 
I'm back working on the car, and I got a few more tires from a sponsor, thanks to uh, Jeremiah's Antiques up in Putnam, Connecticut. You can go check them out. Uh, I swear we won't tell half our crowd to kill themselves this time that I've mentioned your name. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they helped me out with my tires. I got a few more. You know, I'm, I'm just in the procedure of we got a few weeks left. I nut and bolt and take whatever notes I can and make sure the thing's ready to go back out on the racetrack. That's all I'm really at right now. It's, I got nothing else to say. So me, it's been week. It's been my second week working back with the big brown paper bag or whatever. The big brown toaster. Big brown toaster. Yep. And I'm still fat. That's unfortunate. So, you try not eating. Yes. You'll probably pass out if you don't, right? No, I don't eat. I don't even stop to pee on the road. That's how fast we work. Yeah. That's um, prostate I, cancer. I, I think. don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what that is actually. Could be. I don't really know. This is this is not my belly here. It's um, it's actually my prostate. Oh. <laughs> that's what that is. Yeah. So when the kid kicks you and it doesn't hurt, I guess it's oh, forget it. Yeah, it's just it's just a mess. So I think we got to touch on this subject real quick. It's uh, the passing of a legendary driver Jack Ingram this past week. Now, Jack Ingram was uh well-known name if you knew the uh, Sportsman Series or the, the what was the Bush Series or Grand National Series or whatever it is. Late Model Sportsman. Yeah, Late Model Sportsman. That's to- that type of stuff. Short track racer, just extraordinaire, really. I mean, the guy won, I think, five NASCAR championships. He won like 300 races in his career. Uh, and he, won, he was a Hall of Fame inductee in 2014. Uh, it was cool because I think when we went down to North Carolina in 2012 to see the NASCAR Hall of Fame, uh, one of his cars was on Glory Road, which was cool. Yep. Uh, yeah, we got to see one of his cars. Uh, but yeah, he was just the racer's racer, man. I mean, uh, he died at age 84 this past week. Um, I don't know what else to really say about him. I mean, him and Sam Ard used to just, you know, almost I wouldn't say knock each other's heads in, but they raced the hell out of each other, and they made a great show in the early 80s in the, the Bush series and, you know, the Sportsman series and all that, and it, he earned the uh, he earned that nickname, the Iron Man. I mean, the guy was just one of those journeyman racers, and he raced anything, everything, at it, as much as he possibly could, and it was just really cool to see him out there. Um, uh, you have any sort of, uh, I don't know, you're kind of a, historian type of guy who has these weird nuggets of knowledge you have anything on jack ingram i mean the guy raced this is back in when when they were trying to first build the division he would race three four nights a week he was one of those guys that really did make his living off of of, uh short track racing and everything uh he was he was very very tough but yeah uh, yeah he's uh yeah deserving of the hall of fame and you know god bless him he didn't die you know he, he he didn't. Uh, At least he got to enjoy a longer got, life. Yeah, he got to enjoy a long career, and you know, then you know, a lot of his compatriots didn't meet. You know, yeah, I think uh, meet the same way. But it was. Uh, I think a, a lot of his colleagues would have loved to have lived to be age eighty four, especially racing back in those days. But yeah, yeah I guess by the time he quit in uh, nineteen ninety one, he had three hundred and seventeen career wins in NASCAR sanctioned events. That's a lot. I mean, you got to figure a NASCAR sanctioned event could be. Yeah, a, even a, a lot of the guys that made it to the other divisions ahead of them, you know, they respected Jack Ingram a lot. So yeah. So 
Uh, rest in peace, Jack Ingram. Thank you for your contributions to racing and all the contributions you made to short track racing, especially. So, All right, so I think Jesse and I have Flow Racing on TV, and if you don't have that, you should subscribe to that. And you should uh, subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash SidsView if you're already Smash watching. the like button. Smash the subscribe button. But we're watching Flow Racing, and if uh, that's my go-to on Friday nights because I'm usually pretty busy. And it's hard for me to make it to Stafford, so I just kind of hop on. I pay the money. If it supports Stafford, awesome. If it supports other racetracks, awesome. I don't care. You know, As long as it's supporting somebody, I'll, I'll pay for it. But I'd rather be there. Obviously, I love being at the track. But this is the second best thing. Uh, so we're watching Flow, and I had I had a good question for Jesse, and I'm like, we're watching midgets, and I'm like, what are these? And he's we're like, watching midgets. he's like, <laughs> we're not even watching midgets. Uh, I know, I'm t- that's what I see in my head. I'm like, what are these things? He's like, they're silver crown cars. I'm like, uh, aren't these just wingless sprint cars? And he's like, no. And I'm like, can you school me on this? <laughs> I have no idea what I'm watching. Dirt people are shaking their head at me like you stink. Well. The- <laughs> Silver crowns typically run on bigger tracks, like the midget and the and the sprint car. Mm. They can run asphalt. They can run dirt really, really well. Uh, silver crown cars—they're also no, also quote unquote the big cars. Do they have a long wheelbase or something? Yeah, like they that? had. There are like a hundred twelve inch wheelbase. Um, That's a long wheelbase for like a midget type car. Yeah, or a sprint um, car. Yeah, it, yeah, they're they're long. They're longer. They have. Uh, they also have uh, uh, a little heavier as well. Uh, they don't have, um, yeah, they're like 1,400 pounds, where Sprint Car is like 1,200 pounds. So they're a little, they got a little more beef to them. Yeah, they, yeah, they run a little bit bigger tracks too, and they don't have as much horsepower as the Sprint Car, actually, to be honest with you. They're about 550. Oh, I figured they actually like had that. a ton. No, a sprint, a sprint car has 750 or something like that. I thought they had like 900 horsepower, like the World of Outlaws cars. No, they're, they're pretty close. They're a little bit less on power, I think. Must have pegged um, them back but, a But little. the main thing is is that the, the hard part about them is is you got to take care of the right rear tire. Oh, they're, they're really heavy, easy huh? with the weight. and um, Oh, yeah. The, no, I'm sorry. The wheelbase is 70 is like, you know, uh, let's see. Uh, I was going to say, 112 is like the size of a truck or a Formula yeah, One that's, car. That's yeah, kind of big. I, <laughs> I thought it was like a dragster. Like, holy cow, those cars must be a lot bigger than I thought. Ooh, Jesus. Yeah. But it's a little different. So, okay, so thank you for clarifying that for us. I mean, uh, thank you for, and everybody, thank you for listening to our educational corner on the differences between sprint cars and uh, silver crown cars. <laughs> we just kind of randomly shot up here real quick. It's like, wow, that was boring. Thanks. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. But no, I thought it was a valid question because I'm watching Flow Racing. I'm trying to plug them, and I'm like, huh, I just want to learn. You know, these seems these things seem like a good show. And it's getting me to want to go to Lebanon Valley Speedway to watch some dirt racing, so I really want to get back there. Yeah, yeah, they have a huge fuel cell because they run longer distances too, so that's a lot of the weight is fuel. Oh, they must have a huge... How big is it? Like 70 gallons or something? It's something huge number? Yeah, it's around 60, 70 gallons. A sprint car has 30, around 18 to eighteen to like 30, something like that. Yeah, they have huge fuel tanks mm-hmm. in these cars. You wouldn't even know it, but damn. Sprint car for sprint race and silver crown car is more of an endurance kind of deal. Mm. They're bigger, heavier. It, it's funny, fun fact, for real. 
when USAC was really their sanctioning body, the hardest the hardest part of their sanctioning body was controlling the big money owners uh, and and drivers back when they owned when they used to run IndyCar. So oh, yeah, USAC had a big. They had a problem with, with yeah. enforcing the rules. They had a problem with scoring all the time. It was a nightmare. Officiating the races, half the time the tracks were oily and guys were running around out there. That's what killed Sweet Savage. There was oil on the track. Never even found it. Yeah, I mean, the guy just randomly spins out. USAC should have been all over that. Sh- yeah, and the worst Indy 500 in history. 1973? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, it was run on my birthday. Yes, it was. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Ding years. ding! Call back to the earlier call back episode. to an earlier episode. <laughs> no, yes. but uh, ten years before I was born. Right. So with the, and in 1981, when they were just about getting done, it was just about near the end when championship auto racing teams, led by uh, Roger Penske and Pat Patrick and other owners of that era, were going to split off. They were racing a race in Pocono. And it's it's oh is that the Van Scoy Diamond yep, Mine five hundred Van Scoy Diamond Mines five hundred nineteen eighty one what a freaking mess <laughs> they didn't have enough cars so they had to fill them with something there's only like 12, 12 <laughs> cars or whatever that showed up Indy cars yeah kids go on YouTube and look that race up that's uh, a freaking well, show it, well the, the thing is is that it doesn't really exist that much on YouTube there's oh only they probably stories took the thing it. down huh I figured the no, video they, existed they, they never found it. Really? They ne- I, I never could just find footage of it. You can find pictures, though. You can find pictures. Yeah. You can't there, find the video. There's plenty of other channels that describe this race in its entirety a lot better than what we're doing. But they had to fill the field with silver crown cars. Which is horrendous against the freaking Way Indy different. car. Yeah. Way different. Yeah. AJ Foyt ended up winning the race. He was he was a USAC guy. Mm-hmm. He, he was loyal to them. He went to... He went to cart in the beginning, and then he kind of figured out what cart was going to do, and he didn't like it. He said, I, I want to stay away from this. I don't like the way this is turning out to. So he, he went back to USAC and was a little USAC to the end. Hmm. Yeah, so AJ Foyt ended up winning that race. But it was two very different kind of cars, <laughs> two different races, really. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like an endurance race where you have multiple classes mm-hmm. or a Pro 4 race, which yeah, no one cares or- about. So, have you heard, of course you have, this is a dumb question, dumb question of the day, have you heard about the Hoosier tire shortage that is plaguing all the local racetracks, well, that's all national racetracks. Yes, and I I have questions about that. Shoot. I don't have a statement like, oh, they should do this, they should do that. I actually, I have an honest, I have an honest question that I kind of want people to like, kind of answer it, although I don't want to go online and be, you know. I have shot at by 25 different people going, oh, you stupid, ask that dumb question. Well, here's the thing. But, On the internet, I did I did post a dumb thing. I said, why don't you just allow tire soaking for temporary? And see, I, that's a good question. <laughs> and I'm just kind of joking around because you know they're never going to do it. And people are like, well, because it doesn't work this. I'm like, you know, when somebody shares something on the internet, it doesn't have to be serious, right? It's like calm down. No one, no one <laughs> understands context or sarcasm on the internet. No. Stupid. That's I, why I don't like. Go I'm, there. I'm ready to go on my Twitter account and say, "Mom, they think I'm being serious again." You know. So, but I just uh, because okay, so Hoosier has the contracts for all these racetracks. Well, I okay. think so. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. 
for uh, reasons that are beyond Hoosier's control, they're unable to fulfill this contract. Now, making that mm-hmm. contract kind of, in a way, a breach of contract. I don't think no they fault have of a, their own. I think for a contract like that to work, they would have to have minimum sales in the contract, though, wouldn't they? I I don't know. I don't that's, think they have that's that. That's my question. That's the thing. I don't think they that's have my that question. Sort of thing. So if the if the racers can't get enough tires, well, given, why don't they? Why doesn't the racetracks have almost a tire war where where it would be a Hoosier whatever compound and then like an American racer uh, well, of equal equal uh, durometer reading? That's my question. The I, biggest I the, don't know. I can answer that question actually because the biggest problem is that other tire manufacturers are almost worse off than Hoosier right now because they're smaller. Because American Racer came out and said, "Yeah, we are having Im- massive problems with just supply chain things like materials and people to work in the factories and stuff or, or manufacturing." Okay, so it's plants. not just so, Hoosier. Then. Oh, it's not just Hoosier. It's everybody. Because, yeah. like I said, American Racer came out and said they had problems too. So. My problem is, is um, obviously, obviously they said to further to further expand, expound upon your point. Mm. If I say that word, that means I got to drink my beer with my pinky up. Oh, fair. Mm. Yes, because this is a high class program. So, what if mm. American Racer gets a supply, or or Hoosier gets a supply at American Racer track, and it. One goes up, one goes down. One supply goes up, one guy has down. They could kind of, well, meet in the middle. Almost, why don't? And, and maybe they could collect a bargain, where they could uh, maybe do profit sharing between the two companies. I don't know. Almost. Well, because they they're they're all still getting tires that are new. They're just not getting them at the rate that they need them to be. You know what I mean? There's there's still the supply chain so slowed down and backlogged that they can't get as much in at one time, and then when they do, they make what they can and send it out, and that's it. That's pretty much all they can do. So, well, I, don't know. I don't know whose idea it was to uh, stop everything thinking that was going to work out in the end, but good work. Well, that's very dis- Well, thank God we don't have mean tweets anymore in the White House. Oh, man. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, now you just have somebody who you know is not writing them, so... <laughs> that's 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 yeah, something no you can trust. So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Waterford and Riverhead both took their headline divisions, their modified divisions, and put them to every other week because of the tire shortage, and they've limited how many tires people can buy. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, why can't they just allow them to do stuff like, I don't know, run on old tires? <laughs> they can't be bald by the end of the race. You know what I mean? Oh, well, these people might have tires in their inventory. And it's like, well, good for them. They thought ahead and bought a bunch. You know? <laughs> it's like, why can't they just... Like I said, I would love to see an SK tire that people think is bad and put a depth gauge on it and see how much tread that thing actually has left. Make them run them to the cords. <laughs> Make them run them forever, man. They'll last I bet you can get more than one race out of a tire. Come on. Give me a break. <laughs> the shortage is because you want to spend money to go fast. Now you can't do it. 
Now try to go fast. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm just basking in it because... Now you can only buy t- one tire per race instead of two or three or whatever. And they race every was. other week. Yeah. And then the street stock guys are rubbing their hands together like, yeah, guess what? We don't have to buy tires every week. We put on a better show, so F you. All right, so... I still have, we I still don't have, have to brand go new Hoosier 800s that I can't use. <laughs> yep. I still have... I had to buy four new ones then. <laughs> yep. They had they had four tires. They you know no problem there. Buy, did they needed me to buy. I was gonna I was gonna be you know, I was gonna have, I was not gonna contribute to the shortage. Mm-hmm. I had three brand new eight hundreds. Yeah, they wouldn't let me race without it. Oh well, what the hell. Oh not well. Fair. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, so I got two tires because obviously street stocks don't wear tires out. We don't have to buy tires because we race on a hard compound, and you don't want to buy new tires because they're greasy as hell. But, you know, we we don't spend money to go fast, so we don't spend enough money to be important. So, and for good cause in some certain instances, but we aren't contributing to the problem. So moving on. I don't think I have anything else to add to that because I think we touched on all of it. I mean, I could go into the details of what races that Riverhead moved on, but it's like, go look at their website. And <laughs> I'm not the media, all right? I'm really not. If you're coming here looking for news, don't. We're not the media. All right. Anything else to add? I'll give you the floor for a minute. Nope. All right, cool. See ya. Tires. <laughs> Tires. Done. Thanks. All right, so. Tires are made out of rubber and petroleum. And, and now, we can't, we, now the pipeline shut down, and now we can't do anything, so. Petroleum runs the world, and when you shut it down, you can't use it for anything. Batteries are dumb. They should be able to start the car. That's their only job. Oh, anyway. Did you watch Stafford? I did watch Stafford. Good, because I was watching it, too. I did catch up, finally caught up on Stafford after working six days per this week. That's, yeah, how many hours is that? 60? Yeah, somewhere near there. Hmm. I wasn't really 60. Just... I'm waiting for some truck driver to text us and be like, I remember my first job. It's like, you sit down all day quiet. Um, yeah, try not to kill any you know prostitutes in the way. Okay, truck <laughs> oh, my driver. God. I was going to say something about Pickle Park. I'm just going to move on. Um, Stafford results. <laughs> yeah, Pickle Park. We got to give a special shout out to Nicholas Hovey. He picked up his first win the, the also the least surprising first win because he's been up front he's been up front you know for a long time every every single race he's up in the top five top three four What's around his, there like his second year now yeah something like that. that so yeah. it's not surprising that he would just finally be able to get over that hump to get the first win so that's why that's why i mean by least surprising because he's been there hmm. it's been that close all year long yeah, and a lot of last year too. Huh. So, all right. So that's why I mean it, it's it's, and now now the, it, the cliches exist for a reason mm-hmm. or many reasons. You, you know the cliche: the first one's the hardest to win, then the next ones will be easier. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I bet it's probably going to be true. And that, it is it is very true. Yeah, he probably will get, pick up another one by the by the end of the year too. At least another one. At I least. don't think he's I don't think he's done winning yet this year. 
I mean, the kid races, I think, at all he, three tracks. His car ran good. He held off Meyer. Meyer, when it comes to money time, if his car's not working, he'll make it work. Yeah, he usually can find well, a way usually forward. Usually he can. And he almost did. The car hit Meyer's car looked a little on the tight side, but mm-hmm. now, he was that close. Yeah. If Nicholas farted the wrong way. Meyer would have been in there. Yeah, if he looked at the tack at the wrong time. Oh, I'm not looking, you know, and just but it missed a, a line or something. Nope. He, ha- he held nope. a pretty wheel and yep. wheeled the heck out of it. Did just He did fine. a great job. Yeah. Absolutely. So, point leader, Frank the Three. Uh, <laughs> I think that's his new nickname from us. Yeah, boy, Frank the Three. Even just, though he's a junior, too. That yeah. makes it funnier. It's too. weird. Frank the Three, Jr., Yep, uh, broke and did not finish. I think no. he, I think a distributor crapped out on That's him. That's what it sounded like. I bet you was, it, there's only one of three things that a distributor can go bad on most of the time. Coil, module, pickup. I mean, you can shred the gear or lose a you know dowel pin in the gear, but that's really rare stuff. I mean, you'd have to be an idiot to lose those things. Yeah. Um, but Where yeah. was making to the distributors? They're junk. A, I lot re- of, a lot of... We've been through how many distributors? Way too many. A lot of them. They've just been junk. My crate motor, I think, had like 10 races on it when the distributor junked on it's it. It's garbage. Like the pickup went, the coil went. I replaced all of it with you know, actual like AC Delco parts and just put it back together. Like I'm not using cheapo you know, Chineseium parts. I put good stuff back in it. It hasn't failed me yeah. yet, but I know that they're garbage, so they probably will soon. So that was the first point leader to break in DNF this weekend. That's not going to be the last one either. Uh, limited late models was kind of a nail-biter at the end. Uh, Rich Hammond. I think it was very much a nail-biter at the end. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> a little bit. Did I say a little bit of a nail-biter? I thought biter? so, but that's okay. That was very Okay, it was a so. lot of bit of a nail-biter. It was very <laughs> nail-bitey. That's, that's the distance that uh, Rich won by. Yeah, fingernail. Or literally. And I mean, we can debate that. Um, Alexander Fern literally went into turn three with the lead ahead of him. Not next to him, ahead of him. Yeah. Rich Hammond just drives underneath her and apparently beats her back to the line. To be completely fair, and I'm not being a simp or anything, I honestly think that the 12 car had a very slight nose on him at the line. But I don't think it did. I, I really did. It might have been the camera angle. I don't know. It's kind of tough to see. Um, it's tough because Stafford films in interlace. Uh, yeah, that's and true. Not progressive frame rate. I'm not going to give you a film lesson. Uh, interlace is two images like this, whereas progressive is more entwined like that. When you have the two images like that, when there's a lot of motion, you're going to have a lot of ghosting. Yeah, it tries to follow itself. So it's trying to follow it and everything. Yeah. Stafford does not film it, it, so it always looks jumpy in the slow motion. Yeah. So that they film in there only. It's not progressive. Progressive, you want to do in action sports, but that's neither here nor there. So you, that's why it may look like she's ahead, but it's actually him. So yeah, all right. So we. Um, your film lesson for today. So honestly, it it almost looked like our back bumper was ahead too. But I mean, it goes off transponder. I'm sure they measure those at Stafford. They're actually pretty tight on tech. So um, I don't know. I'm just I, again, I'm not in the she position. She looked a little bit on the loose side, and Rich was pretty well hooked up. Yeah, he dro- he got that drive off so hard he beat her back to the line. I don't even know how she wheeled. She was wheeling the heck out of that thing. My God, she was very mad looking at in victory lane. I don't blame her. I mean, she, I would be too. 
I'd be like, she, damn it. I'd be like, don't talk to me right she now. She wheeled the heck out of that thing, grabbed the car by the scruff of the neck, and just just imposed her will on the car. Now, and these... to keep it in front of him for so long. And she ended up just losing by mere inches. And these that two... Was... Yeah, these two had been getting together, like, on the racetrack and not having a good time, just crashing each other for yeah, the last few weeks. that was a couple weeks. weeks ago. But they never week, touched no. here. They never touched here. Yeah. I, so it's very it was a good, well, hard, clean race. Yeah, good, hard, clean race. I liked it. It was very fun to watch. And Rich Hammond's woo is... <laughs> it sounds awesome. It sounds like a pro wrestler. Is it Ric Flair woo? It's like a woo! Oh, so it's not quite. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's real deep and throaty. <laughs> awesome. Love, love that. I love it. It's genuine, pure, carnal emotion. That's good. So SK Light Race. Uh, another point leader got taken out early. Brian Sullivan got a flat tire in an incident in turn three. Uh, that, was, that was an incident and a half. Yeah. The Mad Pup was rabid. <laughs> He was rabid. He was Mad he, Pup was rabid. He was Mad he Pup, was, and then he was Sad Pup in the in was, the infield because I don't was, blame him for being upset either. You know? Oh, I don't either. I mean, come on, you don't want to. They get even wrecked. make it back to the line after you take the green. So yeah, I mean, you got to let the thing sort out. And he just goes like, "Up, oh, and I'm in a wreck." That's not my he doing. He blamed the wrong guy, but then again, he emotional. I understand that. Yeah, and he didn't ha- he didn't see the angle where the fifty car. Punched the the, uh, the white card. What was it, seventeen 18. or whatever? Eighteen. I think it was. I think he punted um, Barry there. And yeah, it was. Then yeah, knocked the, him up in the seventeen, and Mad Bup got whacked into the wall. Because from from his angle, it looks like the guy overdrove it instead of what really happened was that he got punted into mm. the guy on the outside of him. Yeah. So that's why he was kind of mad at him. So hopefully, it's hard I'll, to tell when you don't get a radio. Tough. Yeah, you don't have a radio. You don't have a time to settle down. So. Agent experience, he'll, he'll, he'll figure it out later, so hopefully he'll apologize later. So well. Brian Sullivan did a pretty good job bad. of not being involved, but he was involved enough to cut a right front tire, and that ended his night because they don't allow anybody to pit unless you have a pit crew, like a late model or modified. I get it, but I don't like it. I like being able to pit even if I don't have a pit crew. <laughs> That's why I like Thompson and Waterford and pretty much a, a lot of other racetracks around. But anyway... Um, it's their circus. They can run it the way they want, obviously. Very obviously. Everybody agrees with it, so that's why they race there. Um, Tyler, one of the Chapman kids, Tyler Chapman, picked up that win, and I swear to God, this kid is so young that the doctor hasn't even wiped him off yet. Like, <laughs> he's still wet behind the ears. Like, this kid, swear to God, like, just took the training wheels off his bike. Like, seriously. I'm like, how old are you? <laughs> oh, I get a laugh track today? Yeah. Awesome. At least somebody's <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I got jokes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hey, look at that. Anyway, um, I don't know if I have anything else on that race. Did anything else interesting happen? <laughs> I forgot all about it. I had to go back and watch it because I missed it. A few things, but... Probably in the bathroom. I don't remember. I don't, whatever. I just noticed that people are still missing that have been missing for a while because of wrecks. So just keeping that in mind. Oh, and I noticed that the... Uh, you know what I like to listen to when when, when the uh, SK lights are out there? What's that? I like to listen to this in the background. 
<laughs> Dive bomb. That could go for anybody at that racetrack. That kind of happened to Bert Lurette, actually, with the street stock race, too. I thought he did that on his own. He did that on his own. <laughs> Poor Bert. Poor Bert. Oh, man. <laughs> he just went in there a little too deep and real hopping. Yeah. Spun around. I think Bert's been doing really Man, did he hit big. hard. Just say we can kill the Stuka there. Um, <laughs> I love the Stuka. We, uh, Bert, he's taken to these cars really well, but I think he kind of forgot that he wasn't in the SK light. For a second. For a split second, and it, he's like, oh, crap. And it just <laughs> ended his night. Like, damn it. Yeah, these cars, open rear with a lot, with a uh, rear disc brake, yeah, you'll you'll wheel hop the second you get off the throttle and on the brake if you're not paying attention. It's like, whoops. Yeah, yeah that was pretty much him going into one. <laughs> now, we really got to talk about the late model race. There wasn't really a race. It was a demo derby, and a race broke out. Um, Andrew Moeller picked up that win, f- and uh, the 31 car. It was his first late model win. But that was, I think, overshadowed by the sheer destruction that occurred. I swear to God, I saw Mike Bennett around five times. I swear, I think I saw somebody in the grass three or four times within two laps. It's like, what is happening out yeah. here. It's just what is the happening? sounds of war, people. Yeah. <laughs> For the YouTube crowd, my brother's holding up a uh, World War One French uh, anti-tank shell that I have that's actually a piece of trench art. It's a, it's an that's amazing free, piece free of... Uh, yeah. It's an um, amazing piece of uh, actually history and art all in one. Yeah. So, trench art. Look it up, kids. Um, but yeah, just... I have to point out the fact, and I hope people are listening, that race. The majority of these idiot wrecks that are happening constantly where cars get junked and, you know, they can't finish a race, they always happen mid-pack. You're not going to win back there. You're not safe anywhere. You're not going to win back there. What are you doing? Why are you wrecking cars? You'd think that the guys up front would be the guys racing the hardest because they actually have a chance at winning. Yeah, if but you're they're the ones that 12, are more talented and they have the best car control. That is that is also a very fair point. <laughs> but if you're in 12th and there's two to go on a green-white checker, are you interested in wrecking the guy near you or yourself, or are you interested in taking your damn lumps and bringing the car home? They raced like that was the 5K. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they was, <laughs> they'd knock a zero off, and I think that's what it is. <laughs> They're wrecking their cars yeah. for five hundred bucks or whatever. I don't even know what is. they get paid. It's something around there, but uh, whatever. Whatever it was, it wasn't worth all that. No, that Jesus. was a lot, a lot of crashes. I mean, I, I've come around a lot on the Stafford late models. They look like a lot of fun, but God, that didn't al- look like fun. God Almighty, that's not fun. I don't want to rebuild my car. Ugh, that was terrible, guys. Like seriously, you're you're way better than that. And that was just appalling. Like maybe they just, should have spotters. They do. Oh. What happens is that they do things that the spotter isn't telling. They're not clearing their nose against somebody else. They're just driving into everyone. <laughs> it's just that's completely different. The spotter can't say, "Okay, don't drive into that guy." You know, <laughs> that's ahead of you. You know, that's it's completely just ah, you guys are annoying. 
All right, so the big race happened last, like usual. SK 5K, $5,000 to win SK races, the eighth annual Napa Auto Parts SK 5K for Stafford Motor Speedway. So they've been. When was the first caution? <laughs> Let's get into that. The first caution of the race was on lap 90. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something you've never, you don't ever you, see very often you, is nobody expected it. They could have gone t- two and a half green to checkered features. Yeah, all in one in race. a row. They Forty were lap very features. Very well behaved. Yeah, very well behaved. Like I guys like Rocco and Ronnie Williams were like twelfth and thirteenth with like ten to go because they were conserving their stuff and hoping for a caution. That never came. And yeah. then they are like, you know, getting down to 30, 20 to go, and they're still half track behind the damn leader. You're not going to make up half a track by the end of the race. No. It's like, man, you, it's so hard to strategize for one of these races because pretty much every time you do what they do. Obviously, they know what they're doing. You save something for the end, and then you charge ass to the front. You know, pick a spot off here and there, wherever you can, to try to get further forward, but don't beat your stuff up. But when the race goes freaking green to almost checker, <laughs> then you're stuck in like 12th place. Like, oh crap, what do I do now? <laughs> oh man, I forgot to move. That's... Oh man, was that today? <laughs> That's right. What the hell was that? I'm thinking of something. I can't. Whatever. But so, I remember seeing like Tyler. Uh, wait, uh, what's his name? Leary there is it no not Leary um the guy in a one car damn it he just won at Monadnock now I feel like an ass because Leary's in the 85 right no no that's Tyler that's Tyler Hines no it's Tyler there's too many Tylers Tyler Tyler Jaden Braden Tyler Braden Tyler see Jordan what happens is their first name gets me screwed up All the main names for all the <laughs> and they're all, because I want Tyler wanna, is the new Michael. Well, here's the okay. thing: I remember I remember people's full names. I don't yeah. remember just the last name. You know, so eh, whatever. It's a common name now. It's now like Michael or John. Back, yeah. <laughs> so okay, so it was Tyler Leary, right? I got it right the first time. <laughs> yes, it was. Oh Jesus! So I had it right the whole time. He was leading laps early in the race. Burned his stuff up. Eventually got lapped by the end because it went green to checkered. Um, Todd Owen had the lead for a little bit. Then he got passed by Mike Christopher, but passed halfway at some point. I don't even remember exactly when it was because this thing just ran down. I wasn't paying attention to the lap counter until the very end. I don't even remember what the caution was for. Did somebody spin out or what happened? So it was definitely a, a caution that was uh necessitated by something i think there what was it a piece of debris in turn one or something I, went around. I can't remember what it was it was very minor whatever it was somebody went around it was just whatever it's very minor yeah um how many did they have any extra restarts did they have like a green white checker or something Dumb. i didn't write my notes but anyway um i think they did but again we're terrible at this we're not we're doing everything based off memory and like five sentences i might have written in a piece of paper that's not the important part that's not important so get to the important part mike christopher at the end is trying to fight off um stephen kopsick for the win and uh shoot who else was the third guy in there 
Um, there was a third car, right? They didn't finish second. Todd just, Owen. Was it Todd? Todd was second. He was running around third. It was, some, it was somebody, but yeah. It was someone good. It was somebody good. Trust us. So that's not the important part. Let's get to the important part. But yeah, they... We're 48 minutes. They Who cares? <laughs> they, uh, they battled it out. I mean, I think at one point, uh, Kopsik got the lead, and then the caution came back out. Yeah, now that now that my memory's coming back to me, so he didn't get to keep the lead because they didn't finish the lap. Christopher got the lead back. They ran under caution for a bit, got relined back up, went back green again. It was probably a green white checker, I think. And uh, Christopher was able to hold him off and uh, protect the line. Kopsik couldn't get back to him. Obviously, everybody's on hundred lap old tires. Nobody was going to pit at that point. And Mike Christopher Jr picks up the SK5K. Now, keep in mind, this guy not only won one of the Open 80 races, which pays, I think, five grand to win. Yeah. He also won the SK All-Star race, which paid about, for him, with his incentives and such, was about 4500 bucks to win. And now he's just won the SK5K. So Mike Christopher Jr. in three races has won, like, fifteen grand. So he's on a hell of a roll going on right now. It's too so. bad Matt Hirschman has the big money Matt nickname already sewn up. What are you going to call Mike Christopher as far as the nickname? I don't know. Mad Money? <laughs> the Megalodala? It's a rare form of shark that only eats money? I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think What's of one, and I really low? can't come up with anything <laughs> you know? good. You know? I can come up with plenty of bad stuff if you want to hear Cha-ching Christopher. <laughs> I don't know. I want a ton of them. It's just I, I can't come up with anything good, so I'll just come up with something bad. It'll be even worse. It's like, don't even bother. So I'm sure Matt Buckler will come up with something for him. Uh, yeah, that's what we're afraid of. That's what, no, that's his specialty. <laughs> so we'll we'll hand that one off to him. He can workshop it for us. Um, but the, afterwards, after all was said and done, there was reports that came out that there was a fight in the Rocco and Williams pit involving Keith Rocco and Ronnie Williams, obviously. I think it was in more like Keith Rocco's pit that it happened. Um, one of them. That's there's what five, I was. There's I five of them. I don't know. Yeah, one of he's got a he's got a section of cars, and uh, it ended up with Williams uh, possibly going into an ambulance. I don't know why, but eh, there's no details. Nobody told me anything. I'm well, he, expecting he went to the ambulance to get an ice pack for his face because he got punched in the face. Probably that's what happened. I would get an ice pack because I was warm, but. Yeah. <laughs> Go get a free IV bag. See, I don't know. I didn't see anything <laughs> on the racetrack. Why he he, he went I, to go talk to Narducci, but I I don't know. I didn't see anything on the racetrack. I couldn't see. They were nobody. The the, hmm. the cameras were obviously they were watching Mike Christopher and Steve Kopsik battle for the win. So well, here's the thing. I couldn't. There was no real camera seeing anything, so I couldn't see anything. I to tell either way. I just don't understand why would there be a fight? They all finished. And they all finished in one piece, and they, I think everybody was just frustrated. It's like you finished like near the outside of the top ten in the SK five K. It's like, well, dude, it just your strategy just didn't work out, you know. I, don't I mean, know. yeah, maybe somebody time. raced you like crap. Maybe somebody just did something you didn't appreciate. But come on, why you, why even get into a fight racing for twelfth? Like, what are you doing know. to yourselves? Man? I don't You're, know if Keith Rocco was right or wrong. I, that's not for me to say, but I don't I'm even just care. saying that because I didn't see it. Yeah. This is the second uh, uh, the second incident or whatever in the short period of time where he's been 
very, very angry. So I'm just wondering if he's under a lot of stress for, for some reason and a little high strung. He needs to smoke weed every day. Calm down a little bit before you get a heart attack, man. I was wondering where you pulled that out of. <laughs> Have a little weed, man. Calm down. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if you're right or wrong. I don't know. That new hip has him uh, all sorts of feisty. But you got to protect your ticker. <laughs> got to protect your ticker. Anyway. I don't know. Again, we're not passing any judgment. We don't know what happened. So who the hell cares? Go punch each other's lights out. I don't give a shit. Do whatever you want. Do it on the front stretch. Yeah, make it a show if you're going to do it. All right, so I'm going to move on to um, Seekonk, I guess. <laughs> Just because I like the place and I really want to go there. we got to get a Saturday night to go to... Well, we're going to be going to Seekonk pretty soon to film. Well, you so, are, I won't be. Oh, I guess I'm, I will be. I'm going to be oh, at I'm work. going. I'm going on Wednesday. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, you're going on Wednesday. I have to work because so, I'm not independently wealthy yet. We Little saw. Changes are expensive. You we, go ahead. I'm going to get some. I need some more beverages. All right. So we saw a few different winners this time around at Seekonk. Uh, we saw Chase Belcher win the late model race. There's a different winner because that's that's probably the one division that's actually been seeing a lot of different winners and, um, well, in that series this year, um, probably the most different winners in that series this year. Uh, let's see. I don't want to know his age, but I know in the pro stocks, Radical Rick Martin picked up his 98th career Seekonk Speedway victory. And he gives me a lot of hope because he he gets out of that car and he just looks like a old man who likes to drink beer. And I'm just like, wow, maybe I could do that someday. <laughs> Good grief. No, I really have hope, though. Hope that I can be old someday and keep racing. So... Like Jesse has hope for that too. Uh, so sportsman, we saw Chad Baxter win yet again. I'm already old. I just hopefully I can keep racing. Chad just refuses to share, uh, but the sportsman ran two features, and uh, the second feature Ed Perry won. Uh, but I gotta give Corey Fanning a good shout out because he probably had the best average finish of the night. He finished third and fourth in the two sportsman features. Uh, Baxter won the first one, but he finished like ninth in the second one. I don't know where Perry finished, but like I said, I see Fanning's name in the near the podium both races on Race Monitor, and that's pretty good. So he probably had to race his butt off to get there. And uh, Sport Trucks, I saw Mike Cavallaro won that. So again, give you guys a little shout-out here. Now, again, I didn't get to see anything because uh, Waterford not only doesn't have streaming service, which I would probably pay to watch, but they don't have it, so I can't watch it. And I don't feel like driving to the track every Saturday. Uh, and I was trying to keep tabs on what was going on. I wish on. I could, but I can't. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to keep tabs on it with Race Monitor, and their Race Monitor crapped out. Oh, boo. <laughs> about a third of the way through their program. And... Uh, yeah, I got, like, no results. I had to sit there and wait for whoever was running their uh, social media platform to put it up. But I think, isn't that, um, what's his name there, Mitch Bombard, is he doing their social media for them now during some on race day? Yeah, some of them, yeah. Well, if, if he is, he's doing a good job because he actually kept up with it. Like, wrote a little rundown, here's a picture of who won and what division. 
And I'm like, great. I can keep up with that. You know? Yeah. So, um, gotta give us, and I know we usually don't give a damn about the Pro 4 race, but I'll give him a little bit of credit because Cody Rose won, and that's Phil's buddy there, uh, Les Rose's kid. And uh, that's one of the limited cars, and he won overall. Like, he beat the regular cars and everybody else. He, yeah. So he won overall in, like, inferior equipment. So that's really cool. Uh, even though they only had, like, seven or eight cars, like usual. But, you know, <laughs> I'm still not going to – I'm going to break your balls over that. I don't care. Uh, mini stocks, Charlie Canfield won. I believe they had du- double features for some uh, some divisions, like SKs and SK Lights. Uh, they they made up a race for like that triple crown or something or other series. I forget what it's called. Um, yeah, tr- yeah. Charlie broke uh, Tommy Silva's reign of terror there for a little bit. Yeah, Tommy had won like three races already this year. Tommy, I think, finished third. And this was not a rain shortened race because last week they ran out uh, like half the races. Whatever. But uh, yeah, um, the two SK Light winners were Buddy Charette and RJ Marcotte. Now. My brain keeps rewinding every time I hear R.J. Marcotte's name. Wasn't there an R.J. Marcotte that ran late models at Thompson early 2000s? Yeah, it's probably his dad. That probably is his dad that ran those. I didn't think R.J. was that old of a guy, though. Doesn't really matter, does it? (laughs) Maybe he turned pro early. I don't know. Some guys just get down early. They got lots of game. Hey, I don't know. Um, Again, uh, he's probably... A little older than us, so he can't be that young. So <laughs> Go for him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Get it done. So he got his first uh, SK Light win, though. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there was a little controversy in the first SK feature, though. Uh, again, I think that was one of those. I forget what the hell Controversy? Yeah, there was a little tell. controversy. Uh, Todd Owen was awarded the win. And I say awarded the win because uh, Joey Ternulo and Mike Christopher Jr. got together on the backstretch on the last lap. And it resulted in Joey Ternulo upside down, essentially on top of Christopher's car. Big wreck, big junk. Um, and they did not finish the race. Like, they red-checkered it. And they went back to the last completed lap, which Todd Owen was leading. But he wasn't leading when they were coming down the backstretch and coming around for the turn four to the checkers. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell by Bonsa's video, because he was taking video on his cell phone, I couldn't see who it was. I wasn't, you know, I couldn't quite tell who exactly was leading, but they went back to the last completed lap. Owen was scored the leader that lap, and they awarded him the win at 49 laps or whatever, however long the distance was. So I'm like, huh. I mean, I get it. You got a car upside down. You got to stop the race. You got to, you know, go make sure that everything is, is safe and stuff. And, um, but wouldn't you want to clean it up and do a green-white checker? I mean, they just called it. You know, it's like, oh, that's close enough. We'll just award it to Todd. It's like, huh, okay. I don't know. Or It they, depends on how late the program was or it was if still they're willing out. to tear up any more SKs or whatever. I, I don't There's know. There's a second. That could play in. There was a second feature. Maybe they were just thinking about, you know, we got to save as many cars for the second feature as we that's, can. That's what I'm thinking. It's not a bad idea. It's I don't just, see any problem with it. It's just not as much racing as I would like to see. You know what I mean? It's No. 
So in the second, I got like no info on any of these things. I just really know the winners. But that's that's one thing that I saw happen. So I figured we'd discuss it a little bit. Uh, the second SK race, Andrew Moeller con- continued his hot streak because he won the late model race at Stafford, and then he won his SK race at Waterford. Yeah. So he won the second SK when feature. Hot, hot. And that's it. Uh, let's see. Let's just run down the rest of the finishers. Uh, sportsman was Ryan Waterman. I think that was his third win of the year. Uh, Speedball Trucks was Andrew Morin. Uh, and the late models, our buddy Ray Christian III picked up his win. Uh, he hasn't won in a late model there in a few years. You know, he's been off running, you know, pro stocks and supers up in the different places and such. So, being Mr. Big Shot. Yeah. So, uh, I don't think it was I... a close finish, too, I think. For who? Oh, yeah. Ray and um, the 17 car there. Uh, Mr. Palmer. Yeah. Palmer. Forgot it. <laughs> it's been so long since I've been there. It's like, oh, okay. Brain doesn't work. Great. Anyway. <laughs> You can tell the wheels are falling off this thing already. My brain's still working, and I've been drinking beer. Yeah, I know. Imagine that. Not a bumbling idiot after some beers. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. Crazy, isn't it? Anyway, so I told somebody before, or I told you before at the beginning of the show, that I had been watching the CRA race from Anderson, the CRA street stock race on Speed 51. Yeah. And... um. I watched that because I think that the CRA street stocks are probably the most badass street stocks in the country. Would you agree? I would agree. They have huge engine, huge tire, and and no rear wing either. Yeah, they so have no spoiler. Like, there's no downforce. It's kind of a hybrid of uh, a Salem Speedway in Indiana, Frank, the old Frank Kimmel street stock series that heck used to race at Rockingham in, in, the, in the late 2000s there. So yeah, they're you could run various different combinations of engine. They're ten inch slicks. You could run up to like four hundred ten cubic inch engine, front and rear jack and bolts, blah blah blah. So I would say yeah, yeah, they're probably the most BA street stock that you can get. Yeah, because they're really fun to watch. Yeah, uh, Anderson is a really tiny little track. It's like a quarter mile. So it's kind of hard to watch. It's a high there. bank quarter mile, but very bumpy as well. Yeah. And it's a two groove racetrack, too, because both grooves play a factor into it. Yeah. So. And uh, it's fun to watch them at like Salem, you know, bigger tracks. Salem they're is insane. They're a lot of fun to watch at something like that. Uh. Anyway, um, I I know you know who like these guys are. Jason Atkinson won. Uh, Brett Hudson was second. Chucky Barnes was third. Um, what do you think is like the second best street stocks in the country? Mass Mid Atlantic street stocks. Yeah, those guys, no, no doubt. They're another ten inch slick tire. Uh, the New York street stocks are probably in that same boat. They don't kind of have the car count that it's Mass kind of, what do they call like the New York State super stocks or something like that. Yeah, New York State super stocks. They're pretty yeah, they're, much. They like have a, a ten inch slick. They run a lot of small tracks though. Yeah. Too. They don't run too too much high bank stuff. But you know, anything on a ten inch slick is really sweet. I mean, yeah. They're stuck on a ten inch slick is pretty pretty fun. Yeah. You wouldn't think they would work. You'd think they'd have too much handling, but they're they're actually quite a handful no, with them. So they're, they're a handful. Yeah. You, you have fun. <laughs> yeah. They're a decent ride. Like they're they're fun to watch. They're. Uh... I've I've done it at I've done it in South Carolina, I with st- the ten inch slick. And I've had a ball. I still think the mass. And I raced against the guys that were racing the CRA street stocks. 
I do race down there. I do think the Mass series has the best tire rule of any series, though. That is the best tire rule. Bar none. Yep. Graded tires, takeoffs, 175 bucks for six tires, and they hold on to them so you can't soak them. That's right. So they're locked in a shed under lock and key. Yep. And that's the only way you can do it without somebody telling if they're soaked or not. So we've established we've established the hierarchy of street stocks in the country, but I think a, a, at least a solid third would be our street stocks. Yeah. Like the Connecticut or uh, NHSTRA street stocks are pretty decent too. So the CRA has Bristol. Yeah, they run on Bristol, so that's kind of hard to beat. <laughs> Can't get much more BA than that. Yeah. And watching Barnes and Hudson beat the crap out of each other at Bristol was probably one of the best races I've ever seen. So, yeah. And I was telling the wife, which is kind of funny, because um, I believe those two guys are both, they uh, probably both, but I know at least one for sure is a customer of Kickstand Fab, which is... I believe it's uh, Brett Hudson. Yeah. And he is, the owner of Kickstand Fab is old Cliffy Gomond. Mm-hmm. And I was telling the wife about your run-in with Cliffy. We shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> it wasn't my fault, but we shouldn't talk about it. Why is that? I just thought it was a funny, funny memory. You because know, because it was a long time him, ago. Because of my hand gesture in the window, we shouldn't do that. That's I left that part out. That's right. I, we did get. We did get. Well, he he kind of. Couldn't figure his way down the straightaway. He kind of got lost there. He's the windshield wiper. He was looking at his. He was looking at the map. There were no cell phones. So he was like, "Okay, how do I get down the straightaway?" Okay, and he follow just that guy. Wherever and swat, and then he came down and hit my my door, and then he got sideways and knocked me against sideways, and I came up and hit him in the door again. So because he and couldn't I- hold it straight, <laughs> and so and I ended up ripping his door off. Yeah, I was telling the wife. So now he knows how to hold them on nice now. Yeah. <laughs> now they don't fall off. No. <laughs> I remember watching that from the grandstands and being like, what is that thing flying through the air? And then Jack Aquilina was right behind me, and he goes, oh, I've had enough of this. I ain't getting next to this. <laughs> I, I ain't got, I'm ain't I'm not getting next to this guy. And old Jack just dumps him into Oh, yeah, he just turned him right around. <laughs> just dumped him. That was fantastic. No, I was telling the wife. I owe Jack big for that. That was great. I was telling the wife that back in the day, obviously Cliffy's known for his uh, very neat, tidy, clean, excellent fab work that he does. Yes. And I'm like, well, he must have put that door on with like four rivets to try to keep it lightweight. Meanwhile, your car is built like a radio tower. It had a stock steel bumper. It was probably still chrome. And the ends Very were cool. like the ends were bolted onto the fender because that was the rule. And I think we even took a plate and welded them on so you couldn't hook them. So this car was literally made out of pig iron and steel tank parts. Yeah, going up against something that was probably tack welded on, and you just ripped the thing. It was like a it literally your car was a tank. Yeah, it was hilarious to watch. But I figured I'd bring that up because that was a fun story. So I think we're gonna wrap this thing up here. But we gotta mention one quick thing. We got to congratulate Ryan Priest on his weekend um, because he finished. He could have finished better in the truck race. I think they kind of missed the strategy there, but he was in the top 10. Um, <laughs> so he was like fourth or fifth all day. They didn't quite have the truck to win. But, um, you know, they were close. They were close. But uh, he had a good finish in the truck race, brought it home one piece. Had a decent finish in the first 
Pocono race, probably top 20-ish, close to that. That's what that car can do anyway. It's all it's got. But today, he finished, uh, I believe, eighth in the cup race at Pocono. Did he win, Did he finish that on, on fuel mileage? If he did, everyone else did because that's what they were all doing. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, every single other fuel person. Mileage races, they kind of helped those pesky small teams a little bit. And like you know, Ryan's, I don't, you know? I don't understand how people. I love, I love fuel mileage races. I just don't understand how people can hate them because it adds another level of drama and intrigue. It's like, is he going to run out? Is he not? Imagine is the strategy going to work out? It adds a you huge are clenched, layer of excitement to it. You are clenched and puckered so hard. Waiting to see if the guy's going to either run out of gas 10 feet before the line or, or get the win. The, the, the unknown factor is what makes it exciting. Yeah, I appreciate all aspects of racing, especially the unknowns. And I love strategy. I mean, how much more of a team sport can you make it than having it be about strategy? How can you, you can have a guy all alone on a racetrack and still create drama. Come on. Yeah. Is he going to run out? Is he going to make it? Did the crew make the right call? Did the gas man get the tank full enough? Did he, you know, there's so much. Awesome. I love them. I wish we had more of them often, but we can't because we have stage races. Yeah, stage races are the bane of my existence. I hate them. So anyway, I think I am all done. All right, we're done. So Phil did not show up. Screw Phil. Jerk. He hates us now. He's got a girlfriend, so now he's replaced us. Yeah. He'd rather fill balloons than come here with us jerk fill balloons that's what we're gonna call <laughs> his the, name now no that's the pg version so <laughs> i'll just move on uh <laughs> so you can find us on- <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hot that's hot <laughs> whack uh <laughs> Uh, so anyway, you can find this podcast on every major yeah, podcast boy. platform. You, you're not going to end it, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I apologize to headphone listeners because you probably got your ass blown out because of those things the last few weeks. So I apologize. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can find us on uh, YouTube.com slash Sid's View. You can send us an email to Making Laps Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrentGleason01. You can find me on the racetrack on July 7th at Thompson Motor Speedway, uh, Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park. Now it's called. Uh, you can find Phil at P Jakes Racing, P J A C Q U E S Racing, and probably underneath or on top of his girlfriend at any given moment. Um, Jess, you want to inside let or outside? Oh, who the hell cares? <laughs> you want to find the boy because he's gonna want to say it. Might as well. Uh, Jess, I'm going to give you the last word. <laughs> Hang on, boy. Give it a minute. Jesse's gonna give his. Social media platforms here. Do I? Do you have to, or are you just going to just roll out of it? Um, um, <laughs> We're not going to talk about F1, so you're not going to die today. So it's like, yeah. well, what are you going to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I was going to do a lame, just lame wait, thing boys. about double trouble because of the cup race, but we didn't talk about it. Who cares about the cup race? Yeah, we're done. Ryan Priest finished in the top ten. That's all I care about. Done. Move on. Yeah. It was almost a fuel mileage race. It almost made it interesting. Great. Awesome. Okay. I'm at I'm at your mom's house. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, boy, 
How do we end this thing? Look at his. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so thanks y'all for listening and watching. I appreciate it. <laughs>